Hello, and welcome to another edition of Two Minute Drill, presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host this week, Greg. I'm joined this week by Nick and Brian. What up? So we're, as always, we'll do our first down, second down, third down, fourth down, and our two-point conversion, and then a little bit of trivia that you guys may or may not know. I am like 0 for 5 with this trivia stuff, so we'll see if you guys are a little smarter than I am, though I assume with Nick, with his big football brain, he will be able to do so very handedly. Uh, no. So I'm like, I'm pretty much over. <laughs> <laughs> so first, we're going to start with our first down, like we always do. What did you guys take away from this last week in the NFL? And I'll start with you on this one, Nick. I will. Uh, I'll. I'll keep it to one thing, so Greg doesn't yell at me again, like five things. <laughs> but I think that this week just proves again that we're just gonna have a bunch of close games. I mean, I. I don't know how many overtime games we've had so far this year, but I feel like we're creeping up on that that like double digit mark, um, especially on pace for it. But it, I just think that we have a, a ton of close games, a ton of hard-fought games, and I think that it's just going to continue this season. I don't know whether or not it was just a spread of talent or maybe not a lot of people moved around after COVID, but I, I love it. I love, the, I love that we can look at it and be like, anybody could win. You know what I mean? Obviously, you have your teams that are not looking great, but for the most part, I would say everybody except for about four teams, anybody could win. It's going to be a fun season. Yeah, like we've we've said before that this, this year has been really fun to watch for football because you've got these close games, you've got these high-scoring games, you've got these unexpected games that you didn't think somebody would win. So, yeah, I'm definitely on board with that. How about you, Brian? Wrong last week. We found a mid in it. Cardinals are definitely, definitely, they dominated the Browns off. They control, and they look incredible out. They played almost perfect football. That's uh, what I'm taking is that they're definitely – good chance of getting to this yeah yeah they're they're definitely playing on high cylinders and we'll actually talk a little bit more about that in uh some second down and third down episodes so my one thing is what i take away is that it's kind of what i the player that or team that you i wanted to look for last week was that the oakland raiders were able to bounce back crosby had great defense Carr had great offense I, i just really enjoyed seeing them not you know falter under all those circumstances that they were given in the off field stuff with Gruden and they were able to bounce back and, and kind of show that, you know, yes, they're four two team, but they're still contenders. And, you know, what the predictions that we made somewhat in the earlier part of the, the season um, should hold true and that they should be somebody that is going to be reckoned with when it comes playoff time. So moving on to our second topic in first down, Everyone has one play that they would like to watch out for in this next week and why. So, Brian, I'll start with you on this one. Rams as a team, they had a great game against you played. Now they're going. I just got that feeling like that Olsen Sacks and Jared Goff. So I definitely big player to watch for. Yeah, the uh, Rams D is my fantasy D. So I'm I'm hoping that that comes true for for you as well as for me. (laughs) Nick, how about you? I... And this, I think this is dependent on whether or not he plays this week. I, I haven't really um, what his injury status is so far, but is it's Baker Mayfield. I think that he came back in that game after dislocating his shoulder, and it's not like it's not like they played like an awful game. It's not like he played an awful game, but he's had three games this year so far. He's just played powerhouse team, 
and he hasn't been able to really get him over the hump, but I don't know if it's necessarily his fault. I think that defense has kind of failed him a little bit as well, too. But if he does play, I'm kind of watching to see what he can do with less now because obviously, you know, Cream Hunt is out for, I think, six to eight weeks now. And I don't know if Nick Chubb is going to come back. And it just seems like that team has a, just a ton of injuries right now. So I'm interested in to see, you know, he, he, wants, he wants that big payday. He wants to be paid like a guy that can get it done no matter what. And I'm interested to see that guy if he does come out and play this go. That's my player to watch this. Week. Actually, you stole my thunder. SOB. That's <laughs> exactly what I had uh, going into mine. And so uh, rather than pull anything over i'm just gonna agree uh like you said with cream hunt being out and um nick chubb being questionable and uh, it's he's out so yeah so that's that's going to be completely uh reliant on his offense and, and his receivers to be able to step up and, and play in this big thursday game and and that was the biggest thing that i said that 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 they have such a short turnaround uh after playing that you know to play that thursday game that's not a lot of time to recover Whereas everybody else gets that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, three extra days of rest. And so Baker was definitely somebody that uh, I wanted to pay attention to and see if he could bounce back from this. And, uh, is it is it his non-throwing shoulder? This is non-throwing. It's probably going to affect him. Yeah, I know and all. a lot of stuff. So he, he might not even play. I mean, that's a complete tear. I mean, that's probably – he's probably done for this. I mean, unless unless he unless he rolls it out there, I mean, I, that, that's up to him. But that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a grinder, and I could see him doing something like that. Actually, is is playing through a little bit of it more, but then who knows? You know what we could see this season. It's a lot of definite crazy different things. So moving on to our second down, and I know that Brian alluded to this earlier. So uh, I, since these are my topics this week, I, I got to you know choose, and I'm going to ask: Is everyone ready to say that Kyler Murray? is the best QB in the NFL right now. And I'm going to start with you on this one, Nick. Listen, I, I love Kyler Murray. I think that he's a great quarterback. I think that right right now you could probably say he's, he's very easily top 10, maybe even top five. But let's not forget about the other quarterbacks in the league. I think Kyler Murray is having a really great season. You know, when you look at the stats, he's um, eighth in total passing yards. Um, he's top five in yards per attempt. He has a 74% completion rate. And then he's 14 touchdowns to four interceptions, and his touchdown is tied for sixth in the NFL. And then I think his interception rate is one of the lowest as well, too. So it's not like he's having a bad season. Like, like I said, he's he's a big part of the reason that they're six and zero. But I just think he's surrounded with dudes. I think that that team is set up for success. I think that defense, you know, adding JJ Watt, another pass rusher, that defense is is pretty amazing this year. And I don't know. I, I think that, that he's just utilizing his weapons to the best of his ability. I think what it's his third year in the league now. So he's just kind of, he's just excelling. And I think that him being so small and so shifty that, that he's just able to get away from some of those defenders because he's, he's got speed as well too. But I'm not ready to say he's the best quarterback in the NFL. We still have guys like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady is still playing at an, almost an MVP level of how old he is. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I, I think that definitely top five, but I'm just not ready to say he's best in the NFL yet, but he's definitely put his team in position to be where they're at. And I could see him leading them to. Okay. How about you, Brian? He's top three. Like just comparing him to Matthew Stafford, 
they're very close like, stats wise. Stafford's got a little bit more yards, a little tiny bit higher King Stafford's Murray is one, but Murray does have a higher complete and a lot more mobile quarter. He's definitely for the top. I don't I would call him the best. You got Tom Brady and he's already past what two thousand so far. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna say he's at least the third best quarterback in the world. Okay, okay. Look at Brian coming in with his statistics. I like it. I like it. Maybe when I take a, a break next week, you can uh, come come up with some of that. I, I agree. Uh, I kind of put that out there as something that that could be just a, a topic of conversation. Um, I've just been thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with him um, this year. And you know, I'm not even a Cardinals fan. Like I've said a million times before, I'm a Patriots fan. You know, first and foremost, um, a Buccaneers fan by by happenstance, just because of TB12. Uh, but you know, to your point or to Nick's point earlier that Tom Brady is MVP level, you know, Justin Herbert, they're all, you know, Matthew Stafford, everybody's throwing at, at a high levels. And I just think that them going out and playing against the Browns at 37 to four win, you know, obviously they've got a lot of help with DeAndre Hopkins and like Nick said, JJ Watt, uh, you know, just throwing it down. So I, I think they're doing good. And especially when they had a, uh, like an assistant coach running the plays uh, in that game against the Browns. I thought that that was, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm in that thing, that top three, I might put him in one or two back and forth between Tom Brady right now, but we will see maybe at the end of the year, if we all agree as to where he lies. So moving on to our second topic, this was just something that watching that Tennessee game and watching the, against the Steelers. And I know Nick and I were going back and forth uh, on text, kind of talking about, you know, how the game was, but what was your impression of Geno Smith's first start since 2017? And I'll go with Brian on you. I'll start with this one. It wasn't, he's a uh, backup. He knows what he's doing. He's jumping in. You never expect Russell will doing a great job. Well, two touchdown interceptions, not bad for a game and a half. Him not playing for a while because start and, you know, half a game last. Okay. Okay. What about you, Nick? I think the, the word that comes to mind um for his first start conservative when you kind of look at the stats he was 23 for 32 209 yards and then one touchdown so i don't i think he he had a good game i mean he he played he played pretty well he he put them in a position to be successful i think him and, and that run game was uh they they kind of brought that game back to what it was um i will try to stay unbiased and, and not talk about that bs whatever happened there at the end of the game that made it go into overtime, but that's besides the point. But I, I think that, I think that he was just conservative. You know what I mean? Like we had this conversation before Greg, he, he didn't, he didn't throw anything deep down the field. I mean, you have that big target in DK Metcalf and, and you have Tyler Lockie who has speed and he didn't, he didn't utilize that. He didn't try to throw a 50, 50 ball up. So we really haven't seen him do that. I think he went out there and he tried to play it safe and, and they knew that if, if they could put up, you know, 20 to 28 points on the board against the Steelers that they weren't going to be able to keep up offensively. Um, and they just weren't able to put up enough points. Obviously, it went into overtime and, and ended the way it did. But that's that's just how it goes. You know what I mean? He's got to hold on to the football in that situation. But other than that, I think that was really his only real mistake in the game. But, I mean, do you really call that a mistake? Because CJ watched his so. <laughs> but you got to tuck that ball. You got to protect it. But other than that, like I said, conservative comes to mind. I think as he continues to start, he's going to start taking more of those deep shots. And I think we're just going to start seeing the, and the reason that he's 
one to two game starter when, when your real starter's out. I don't know to start first. Yeah, I mean, there's honestly nothing more I can say to that. You pretty much covered everything that uh, that I was saying. And that 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 punch out, like, I want to say I've watched that replay over and over again a couple times, and that was one of the best punch outs I've seen in, in a while. He, he just the way he attacked that ball in perfect placement with his hand, Watt just you know ruined the game for him. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I know we had this conversation before, but him. He, he is, in my mind, it, it's between him and that's a player of the year right now. Like, they're playing crazy. So, with the amount of forced fumbles that Watt has and sacks and the amount of interceptions that Diggs has, those guys are are going off this year defensive-wise, and, and I won't be surprised at the Yeah. And, I mean, I'll finally say that it, Geno Smith was able to manage the game well, and, you know, unfortunately, just that, that knockout at the end kind of didn't give him that win, but, but that's a topic for another So. Moving on to our third topic in second down. Do you think that the LSU and Coach O are cutting ties so that he can go to the NFL? And where would he go? And how well would he do? So, Nick, I'll start with you on this one. I don't, I don't think they cut ties so that he can go to the NFL. I, I think they cut ties just because he's not winning games. You know what I mean? When you look back at his time at LSU from 2016 until now, um, his first year there, he was six and two. 2017, he was nine and four. 2018, 10 and three. 2019, obviously, they went 15 and 0 and won the national championship. 2020, obviously, that was COVID year, so there was only 10 games. They were five and five. You can kind of give them a pass on that. But then this year, going four and three and kind of losing the way that they did those kinds of games and even the games that they won, it didn't really feel like they were winning those games. So he just kind of. He was an all right coach, a decent coach, but for an LSU program that is so historic and, and they're kind of used to, to winning and being on top, I think that his tenure there, it just wasn't enough winning. I think that's kind of the reason that he parted ways. Um, and, and I think that he decided to step down before they had a chance to fire him. I think that that was the main reason that that he stepped down and, and kind of he, he took his own future. I, I think that's the reason that they parted ways. On the NFL question, I don't really know where he would go. I'm not a big fan of, of college coaches moving to the NFL. I as like moving from NFL or sorry, college head coach to NFL head coach, because I just think the transition is, is so different. I, I think if if he were to go into the NFL and maybe become like an offensive coordinator for a few years and learn what it's like to really be in the NFL and learn what it's really like to run an NFL organization because I do think he he has a really good offensive mindset. I think that might be a better opportunity. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe moving into a, a team that's struggling on offense that should be doing a lot better um, and, and kind of taking over their, their offensive coordinator spot and then maybe moving into a head coaching spot three or four years down the road. I mean, that that's kind of an opportunity. But I think he takes this year off of college football, maybe next, and then finds himself with a new team in college football down the road because like I said it's not like he had a bad tenure in LSU he just didn't win you know what I mean and that's that's different okay because some good points what about you Brian I don't think they part ways could go then I kind of covered all that I'm just going to go with I think you know they did part ways the guy had won his career so but just since Nick covered the fact that he probably won't he did go teams that I can try and for uh Gruden's job and I could definitely see Matt Nagy this year. He might be, but that, those did try. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's just it's a little odd timing, and I don't know if there's any health concerns and and just I just seeing him cut them 
have that mutual agreement so quickly and so easily, even before the end of the season, you know, completely just kind of shocked. And, and there's really not said if there was health concerns or anything, but what was surprising to me is that in 2009 or 19, I'm sorry, he signed a six year extension. So LSU is going to have to buy him out in 16, almost $17 million. Obviously that's going to be installments through 2025, but it's just still a lot of money to not, have you coach a team and like you said with his 74 percent win total he's hasn't been a horrible coach there's a lot of other coaches that have had longer tenures and and kept their jobs and not walked away he is 60 he's been coaching for 37 years i believe so it just seemed like one of those things that you know maybe he's gonna go to the nfl could he could he possibly go out you know to california um I don't know. So that was just kind of where I was like, this is an odd thing to have happen and to have you just kind of not really given a full on explanation. I mean, other than saying he's going to take stock of his life and just kind of relax, you know, take some time off and see what direction he wants to go in. I, I don't think he's done coaching and he's shown that he's got a personality and that mm-hmm. can go really far with a lot of different people. And obviously if you're, if you're coaching, NFL level talent, which he showed in, you know, that year that he put through to the NFL, you know, six or seven first round draft picks, like that's pretty solid. And you can show that you know what you're doing in the recruiting class and all that. So I don't know. I I will say too, like another job that I thought of while you guys were talking might be that like, because I'm I'm still sticking with like a coordinator position. I, I don't think he gets a head coaching spot, but I know Kellen Moore for the Cowboys is tied to getting um, maybe a head coaching job in the offseason, depending on the vacancy. So maybe like, because I think they're tying him to like Chicago, um, maybe maybe Detroit um, and other couple places. But that might be a good spot for order on to slide into. You know what I mean? Into that Dallas spot. That's that's an explosive offense. He, he is a really good, you know, offensive mind. So that might be a good spot for him to slide into. And then if he does well for a couple of years, then he might be able to get all right, moving on to our third down. We're going to recap the Chargers versus Ravens. They both went in four and one, and the score at the end of that game just seemed like the Chargers didn't show up with a final score of 34 to six in favor of the Baltimore Ravens. So, Nick, I'll start with you on this one. What do you, uh, what do you think? It's funny because, like, the score is 34 to six. You know what I mean? And obviously that's, that's, you can call that a blowout, but I just don't think like, I don't think it was like that crazy of a win. If that makes sense. Like, like Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson both didn't really play that well. When you're talking about Lamar Jackson was 19 for 27, 167 yards, one TD, two interceptions. Herbert wasn't much better. He only had one interception compared to the two. I just think that the Ravens just outmuscled the Chargers. You know what I mean? Like all most of their touchdowns came on the ground. You know, Bell had one, Murray had one, and Freeman had one. And then Lamar had eight rushes for 51 yards as well. So it's just like I think they just played a more physical game and they just beat down the Chargers that way. But it it just kind of like when you kind of go back and look at this the stats of it and you kind of go back and like watch some of the highlights, it was just kind of like a a, a gritty like gross game almost that that the Ravens just happened to kind of score 34 points in I don't know if if that happens again you know what I mean for whatever reason Herbert just didn't have a good I don't know that's that's kind of what I took from that it was just kind of a gross gritty game 
Okay. Brian, what about you? Yeah, Justin Herbert, he just seemed stat for that game was both uh, quarter, neither quarterback broke. Uh, yeah, Chargers had Ravens had 80. So that probably just showed I ran the ball. You know, they're. Yeah, I, I definitely, like you said, that, that was a run heavy game. And I kind of like to see some of those games every once in a while. One statistic that I did read that I thought was just amazing is that out of that 180 some rushing yards, 143 of those yards were before contact. So that's how like explosive and lights out that they were getting and, and running that ball and just threading those, those small little spaces to be able to get through, but to have like, like 143 yards before contact is blew my mind. Bell and Freeman. And, and it just, it was amazing. I think that Jackson ran for 51 of those yards as well too. So, I mean, it was just, it was, a, it was a crazy game. All right. Moving on to our fourth down segment. We're going to break down the game, the Colts versus the 49ers week seven. So Brian, I'm going to start with you. First thing that comes to mind, the game, but Carson, from what I heard, Garoppolo is starting. I think he might end up. Um, Colts, like one week they go in bad. The next week to expect from the 49ers, their offense really at all been good. That's what either Garoppolo shows up and victory. Or I kind of predict a, neither offense looked that good. All right, Nick, what about you? For me, the Colts are a team that beats teams they're supposed to and loses that they're supposed to lose to. <laughs> so I think that they're going to get lucky here and there where they just have a good game against a team that, that they're not supposed to. But at this point, Wentz is what he is. I, I just – I, I kind of would hope that he would get a little bit better. He has kind of shown signs that he's definitely um, progressed from, you know, last couple years in Philly. But – I just I don't see them winning this game only as long as Jimmy Garoppolo starts because when you go back to when Garoppolo was starting before he got hurt that offense actually was looking pretty nice like Debo Samuel was looking like a number one wide receiver in the league you know Garoppolo was was firing on all cylinders but I I think that 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 offense kind of took a little bit of a halt when they put Lance in. Um, just because I think they were trying to protect him a little bit because I just don't think that he's ready so they were giving him you know, those, those rookie type, you know, routes and, and play calling and stuff like that. And that kind of halted the offense a little bit, but the 49ers have one of the better defenses. In the, and I just, I don't really see Wentz being able to do much against it. And their run game has been kind of stagnant. I think last week, you know, Taylor broke that, that big run, or maybe it was the week before, but other than that, Jonathan Taylor really hasn't been super dominant. He has, and he hasn't kind of like Brian said, and then you know, Naheem Hines is really kind of having a bad season. So I don't know. I, I think it could be a closer game is if Garoppolo doesn't play, but, but I see the 49ers winning this game. Um, I just don't think. Yeah. Yeah. You did. You did. You did say fields. It is. Lance. That's okay. The, the 49ers should have drafted Justin, Fitz, but that's besides them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I definitely agree. I and mean, the Colts' defense has been hit or miss this season. In sometimes they show up great, and like they did the, against the the Ravens that first part of that game, and then they didn't show up at all. Um, Trey Lance is out with that knee sprain, and then Garoppolo, not one hundred percent sure. So their next available guy is Nate Sudfield. Um, so he might get that start under center. So my big thing with with this and I'm kind of going to just say that the Colts are going to win on this one 
And I'm only saying that because on the statistic basis, they both score about the same amount of points. They both have about the similar yards per, per game, um, similar points per game, similar turnovers, five to seven. But what really gets the 49ers in trouble is their penalties. They have 31 penalties to the Colts, 22, with a difference of 363 penalty yards for San Francisco versus 238 for the Colts. And I know that's not a huge margin, but that's, you know, at least a touchdown. And if that happens per game, you know, that that's something that I could see stand up. So I'm going with the Colts on this one. And I think Carson Wentz could possibly step up. And especially if Garoppolo and Trey, and obviously Trey Lance won't be there, but Garoppolo um, might possibly be out. San Francisco's defense has, yes, been good, but not great. So moving on to our final segment, the two-point conversion. What is one prediction for this next week in football? Brian, I'll start with you. Five times, because that has been uh, – I don't trust the thing. Okay, all right. Be on the grass like we've uh, seen many a time before, and maybe this will show Nick that Joe Burrow is not necessarily. So what about you, Nick? What are your predictions for next week in the NFL? First of all, first of all, hold on a second. He's going You've to thrown so much praise at that boy okay. over the last couple of weeks. Yo, they're four and two right now, and he's bowling. Get out of here. I don't understand. Listen, I understand that you think they're a bad team. And you know what? They might not win another game this season, but I think that he deserves a ton of credit for what he's been able to do so far this season and what Jamar Chase and him have been able to do so far this season. And if you're not like as a football fan, excited about like a duo going forward, you know what I mean? Cause I, I don't, I don't know if, you know, with Aaron Rodgers departing from green Bay, you know, other than Patrick Mahomes and Tyree kill, and then Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs going forward. I don't know of another quarterback duo to look at where you're like, wow, those guys are going to be really good for the next like six or seven years. You know what I mean? Like that's that that's the only reason. And they're sitting at second in that division when we thought they were gonna be at the bottom. You know what I mean? Pushing daisies and at the bottom is the Browns and the Steelers. So you know what I mean? I, I don't know. That's I think that to go off of that game, I think that he's gonna do a lot better than what people think they are. And I think that if anybody knows how to slow down Lamar Jackson, it's gonna be people in his own division because they play him twice a year. And he's he's easy to figure out. As long as you can stop him from running around in the pocket, he's gonna throw interceptions. My my I'll probably go with a game like Brian did to watch. I'm gonna go with the Rams Lions game. I think that's gonna be a super fun game to watch. Those are gonna be two guys going up against each other in Goff and Stafford who were traded for each other. And I think Stafford's gonna want to have a, a crazy good game against the Lions, being like, "Yo, look what you wasted all these years." And I think Goff is going to want to have a good game against the Rams being like, yo, you let go of me too early. So I think that's going to be a super fun game to watch. And I think for me, that's that that's that's what we need to look out for, especially Jared Goff. I think that he's kind of he's been deemed as the lesser quarterback. And I'm interested to see how he kind of bounces back from that and plays against. Yeah, that'll be a fun game to watch. I definitely think Stafford will take the. We will see. So I'm going to stick, I'm a guy of consistency and I like consistency. So I'm going to stick with my predictions and that is going with the Arizona Cardinals are going to go to seven and O against the Houston Texans. I know that's an easy layup pick, but you know what? I want to stay consistent and I want to say that they play lights out and he's going to 
throw for six touchdowns and run for maybe 50 yards or something like that. I just, I think that Kyler Murray a million times before I am on the Murray train this year. Wish him all the best to Texans. That's my good. prediction. What was that? You need to get a jersey. <laughs> no, I will only wear a Patriots jersey or possibly one of those crossover Buccaneers Patriots jerseys, but you know, I've seen those just pretty solid. So I might do. All right, moving on to our final segment in the two point conversion. This is a little bit of football trivia. And you may or may not know this, but this is up today. So I thought I would throw this out there. Who won the AP Comeback Player of the Year award for the 2011 NFL season? We've talked about them a lot tonight. For 2011? Yep. And Brian, do you have a guess? I'm racking my brain about who we talked about. I know, right? I'm like, who the heck has been here? Since who has been in the league that long? Would it, you, would it, I mean, would it, I don't, because he might have been, was it, was it Brady? Because it was that after he got injured? Or like, no. half season or something like that? No. Because I know, I know there was a season where he got injured and was it like Matt Castle came for the rest of the season. According to TriviaWell.com, the AP Compact Player of the Year in 2011 was Matthew Stafford. Has he really Matthew been Stafford. Yes, he has. <laughs> he's been kind of hiding out in Detroit for that long, but yes, yes, he has. What was now he's finally on the stage. When, when was he drafted? I know he's only like 31. Well, that's something that we can do. Our internet yeah. researching sleuths can do and find out and uh, comment on some of these uh, posts and see what uh, what you guys came up with. But that was the uh, Matthew Stafford Comeback Player of the Year in 2011. Because I was, you, you said that, and I was like, I was thinking about Matthew Stafford, but then I was like, I was like, was he really in the league then? Or I didn't think he, I thought he might've been, it was only like maybe his second or third year then. I just couldn't imagine him being, you know, a comeback player, but yeah. Interesting. Well, that does it for this edition of two minute drill presented by deep dive sports. Thank you guys all for listening. Make sure you get on and subscribe to our YouTube channel and Facebook and all that. And we look forward to giving you another segment next week of Two Minute Drill. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter instagram and facebook for any update and please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next as always we are deep dive sports until next time